Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here? Right now! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Buffalo Bills trample the Broncos 42-15 to in their second preseason game to keep their 10-game preseason win streak alive. Hello everyone, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host Nate, and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the western New York and central New York area, you need to go check out the DeLago Resort and Casino. Check it out there, have a drink, watch your favorite game, make a bet. It is a really good time. Cannot stress that enough to you. Um, we've been there almost probably a dozen times, and uh, it's a really fun time. So we're going to discuss the Bills' victory over the Denver Denver Broncos on Saturday. We're going to give our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our sweet sassy molassie plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. So I am riding solo again this week. Sorry to those that wanted uh, Mike and John. Well, you don't you don't get them. You don't get them. You just get me, and uh, and that's good because I'm going to run through this um, with like as much as, as quickly as I can because there's a lot of things to cover in this. So first thing, I'm going to give some general thoughts on the game. Uh, most primarily and most importantly is that there were no major injuries on the Bills' side of the ball. There was a point where cornerback and safety Nick McLeod left the game with a lacerated face but he got six stitches and came back in certified badass Nick McLeod that's really cool you know a guy like Sean McDermott although he preaches love with his players you know he preaches toughness and uh you know that this got through the coaching staff I don't know if it'll if it means he'll make the team probably not but uh you know that uh that they were watching this and, and, and they saw this and they loved it. You knew they loved it. Uh, so, so kudos to Nick Cloud, especially for a guy making the team. You knew he would, uh, try to do something like that if he could. And he did. So next observation in the Bills Broncos game, uh, Bills first team defense was pretty rusty against, uh, Josh Johnson and the Broncos second team offense on the first drive. Uh, they had some coverage issues. Uh, in the secondary, but also some poor tackling at several times during that first drive. Uh, they had little to no pass rush either and uh, had a few costly penalties. Uh, so you're kind of thinking, man, they're, they're a little rusty. Maybe it's a good thing they're getting some reps um, as opposed to they didn't get any reps the first preseason game um, last week. And uh, they took care of it in the second drive. Uh, they patched things together. They had less coverage issues, less uh, tackling issues. They were starting to finally get a pass rush on Josh Johnson. And yeah, they looked, they looked good. It was just that first series that looked kind of rough. Uh, but the Bills first team defense, 
uh, or first team offense rather against the Broncos second team defense was a much different story. Um, there was only one series of, uh, with it, but Josh of course looked great. Um, and uh, he had that great uh, 28-yard touchdown to uh, Gabe Davis. Uh, there's also another thing I had to note is that the the run game seems to actually exist. Now, we saw it a lot with Devin Singletary on that first drive. I mean, Devin Singletary looked incredible. Imagine, imagine how good he can be if you can actually get him some blocking like we did in the second half of last season. And uh, he's picking up exactly where he left off. Uh, true RB1. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he brings um, but it wasn't just him. It was it was Zach Moss looked great. Uh, Raheem, I mean, <laughs> everyone's uh, favorite uh, training camp preseason hero, Raheem Blackshear. Uh, he looked really good, and even Duke Johnson got in on the action. Duke Johnson having two touchdowns, so that was really good to see. Uh, the Bills' run game uh, really is coming together. Uh, and then you know we have to talk about Case Keenum as well. I mean, Case Keenum looked terrible last week against the Colts I mean he just looked awful but then again second team offense against the first team defense of the Colts uh what can you really expect this time he's playing against the Broncos second team defense but he started off with uh the first team offensive line for the Buffalo Bills and also the first team you know running backs wide receivers uh when you give him a compliment of all of those things he actually looks pretty decent now uh, as with everything you know in train in preseason rather uh, it's hard to take away a whole lot of anything because it's preseason nothing really matters you have no idea what the other coaches are if they're, they're not trying to scheme against uh your team they're trying to just find out if their players are good or not or not or, or see you know put them in certain situations what they need to work on or whatever uh but like I told my mom, I, we I just went on vacation this past week um, up in Massachusetts, which, spoiler alert, didn't get many uh, Go Bills out there in Massachusetts. Surprisingly, you know how you always see over social media like, oh, you know, I was at Epcot Center and I got six Go Bills in the last hour. Well, I was in Massachusetts for a whole week and I was wearing Bills stuff nonstop and I got zero Go Bills. So go figure, right? How can that possibly happen? <laughs> uh, but... But my mom did get a goes bill, Go Bills, which was pretty cool. And she mentioned, she's like, oh, what does it really matter, preseason, blah, blah, blah. And if you guys remember my mom uh, on an episode a couple of years ago, like she's the reason I'm a Bills fan, so I love talking Bills with her. And I said, you know what, you're right. It does not matter at all. None of the preseason truly matters in the grand scheme of things, besides injuries. But I think the most important thing is that uh, when I take a look at the game, it's easier to say it doesn't matter and the Bills looked really good than this game doesn't matter and the Bills look really bad. <laughs> it's so much easier in my head to justify as a fan. Because if you look at like the Mile High Report, the SB Nation uh, blog for the Denver Broncos, I mean, their their site was like, well, it didn't look good, but nothing really mattered. It's like, well, I'd rather be on my side than your side. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. So t take from it what you will. Preseason doesn't matter at all, but your team looking good uh, does matter, and you just have to hope that they continue that momentum into the season. Uh, a couple of other observations. Actually, this this is the last one I'll end on for general observations. Penalties still an issue. They had 11 last week. They have eight this week. They're getting down on them, but uh, again, doesn't matter, but you'd like to see them kind of clean that up a little bit. All right, let's go into our stats of the game. 
Stats of the Game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. Oh, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Bills leading passer, Case Keenum. Like I mentioned earlier, just a really good game. And he didn't just play with the first-team offense. Uh, he also played with the second-team offense after the first quarter. So he did well with uh, those guys as uh, alongside of that. He was 16 for 18, 192 yards, one touchdown, zero interception. Matt Barkley came in after that. He was 7 for 8. 65 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Josh Allen, three for three, 45 yards, one touchdown. If you guys remember, that first reception was to Isaiah McKenzie right in the slot. So that was pretty cool to see. Isaiah McKenzie was in, uh, per Joe Biscalia, Isaiah McKenzie was in all snaps where the Bills used 11 personnel, which is when they have three wide receivers out. So that's good. Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie set it in stone unless uh, something happens in the next couple of weeks, which we hope uh, we hope doesn't. So, I mean, Jamison Crowder is going to be on the roster as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, what? that's just great added depth. Imagine, you know, four wideouts and you have two slot receivers and you can roll that out with Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder. I mean, what kind of teams have that kind of a, a flexibility or ability to to not have to start Jamison Crowder? That's pretty incredible. And good on the Bills coaching staff for being, for even allowing Isaiah McKenzie to really figure into that slot role because a lot of teams out there, a lot of Bills, former Bills coaching staffs would say, uh, well, Jameson Crowder's a vet, he's going to start. And I th- I just get the feeling that a lot of this time that the Bills, uh, Sean McDermott and his coaching staff have been in charge, they've really looked at who is the best player as opposed to, well, we drafted this guy, so we have to play him, you know, or he's going to get over He's going to get a start over the one-year free agent just because, you know, we drafted him. But uh, really liking that. Really liking what the Bills are are doing on offense uh, thus far. Uh, Leading rusher for the Buffalo Bills, Raheem Blackshear, five attempts, 58 yards. I mean, there's a legitimate uh, point to be made that that not only should he get, you know— a roster spot over Duke Johnson, like they probably can't stash him. Like he might be a legitimate running back in this league. And if the Bills cut him and hope he goes to practice squad, which is a very good possibility, I think that's what happens. It's easy to see somebody else pick them up, pick him up off their uh, practice squad or before they clear waivers, before they can make it to the Bills practice squad. I could see him not making it. So the we'll see what happens, though. Duke Johnson, next leading rusher, nine attempts, 55 yards, two touchdowns. Devin Singletary, four attempts, 39 yards, zero touchdowns. I mean, you're talking these guys are almost at 10 yards a clip, right? Each one of them is almost 10 yards a clip. James Cook, four attempts for 38 yards. He looks good on the ground. Can I just say this about James Cook? Because I'm not gonna, I'm not sure I'm ever going to mention him for the rest of the podcast. Um, he just brings something different that the Bills... The rest of the Bills uh, running backs do not bring, and that's just speed. He's just fast. If the Bills can open up holes for him like they did against the Broncos, I mean, watch out. I mean, you're talking six, seven, eight yards a clip uh, every time he gets the ball in their hands in the right situation. 
so he looked good. Zach Moss, I thought, looked again, looked uh, really good again. He was four four attempts, nineteen yards, two touchdowns. The only reason why he didn't have more yardage is because he had uh, he took two uh, one yard touchdowns in. So obviously that's going to bring down his yards per carry. But then you know think about this too. He actually had three touchdowns, but one of them was called back on a on a holding or an illegal formation or something like that. So uh, I thought you know Zach Moss has had a tremendous preseason as well so I like what he's brought Bill's leading receiver again Khalil Shakir three three targets three receptions 59 yards next on the list is Gabriel Davis uh, three targets two receptions 47 yards and that touchdown that we said 28 yard touchdown Stefan Diggs two targets two receptions 33 yards I just want to say this uh, he was only in for a little uh, till first quarter but there was a bubble screen to Stefan Diggs which got a first down and uh, under Ken Dorsey so far, I feel like the general observations have been that the run game is really coming on strong or that it, it even exists in general. And then he's also taking advantage of the running backs a little bit more in the pass game and also setting up his receivers in different ways than Brian Dable would. I think Brian Dable is more of a vertical passing game coordinator, and I, I just see uh, maybe him using his wide receivers more for yards after catch as opposed to uh, a vertical nature. So really like what I saw there. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, my personal, the official, I'm, I'm just going to call it the official camp crush of the Circling the Wagons podcast. Isaiah Hodgins, four targets, three receptions for 28 yards, had a pretty good game catching the ball. I'm not sure how well he's going to do at yards after catch, but he's definitely using his uh, his height a lot better than he has in the past, and I think that's what the coaching staff had uh, had told him that they wanted him to work on in this offseason, and so far, so good. Uh, we definitely knew, do need some boundary receiver depth, and Khalil Shakir, so Khalil Shakir had a really great play um, earlier in the game. I don't think I'm going to get to it in uh, Sweet Sassy Molassi plays the game, but he had, uh, it was a free play that Case Keenum had. He threw it up in the air, and uh, Khalil Shakir came with it inbounds, just barely uh, toe-tapped on the sideline for a 24-yard game gain uh, that set them up, I believe, within the 10-yard line. So it looked really good. Uh, great, great catch by Khalil Shakir. I mean, I don't know. He's a real deal. He looks really, really good. Uh, Raheem Blackshear was the next leading receiver. Two targets, two receptions for 21 yards. Showing his uh, his strength in the passing game, or uh, along with the the run game, Jameson Crowder two targets, two receptions for twenty one yards, and uh, I think that's all we're going to go over now. O.J. Howard did have that touchdown, three receptions on three targets for sixteen yards and one touchdown. I will say though, uh, really having watched O.J. Howard this preseason, uh, you know I I read a lot of Joe Biscalia, and Joe Biscalia is not really high on him. He thinks he'll make the roster just based on the fact that, you know, he appears to be, you know, more talented than Tommy Sweeney. I mean, you're talking about a first-round pick out of Alabama, right? Um, but in watching him real-time in the preseason games, me personally, I think he's big, but he's slow. And I don't see a whole lot of yards-after-the-catch ability. Like, picture what I was saying about Isaiah Hodgins, except I don't really know if he uses his size that well. It's one thing not to be fast, but it's not one thing not to like play like the big, huge physical specimen that you are. And I just haven't seen it yet. I thought he looked okay. Even on the touchdown pass, like he just had the inside route on, you know, the second or third string, you know, uh, 
Denver Broncos corner, and uh, he caught it, and that's what he should do. But it was nothing like what I've seen from Isaiah Hodgins even where he high points the ball or anything like that. So I'm kind of disappointed with O.J. Howard. Would I be surprised if he made the team? Absolutely not, um, just based on his pedigree. But um, And I think he's probably better than Tommy Sweeney as a whole, although Tommy Sweeney did and Quinn Morris did split uh, first-team reps. So, uh, I mean, maybe this is a sign that O.J. Howard is on his way out. We'll see. We'll see. The third preseason game will tell a lot, but uh, just something to note there. All right, that was Stats of the Game, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Now let's go into our Sweet Sassy Molassie Plays of the Game. Sweet Sassy Molassie, get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown. Sweet Sassy Molassie Play of the Game, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, I just got to go with, I, I mentioned I really liked that uh, Khalil Shakir 24-yard uh, uh, catch from Case Keenum, but I'm, I got to go with the, the Josh Allen 28-yard touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis in the first quarter, which put the Bills up 7-3. to um, You know, it's classic Josh Allen. Josh Allen spinning out of the pocket, although I don't think he really needed to. He kind of felt the pressure. Uh, right tackle uh, Questenberry and left tackle Deion Dawkins, they, they were both holding up pretty well, blocking for Josh Allen. He spun out of it, and then he spun right back into it, stepped up, and just... Wayne one over to Gabriel Davis. It's like, screw it, man. Gabe out there somewhere, and he came down with it. But did I? Could anyone sound any whiter than what I just sounded like? Right? But uh, great pass by Josh Allen and great catch by Gabriel Davis. So that was my sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game. Now let's go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Wall. Uh, my wall of fame in this one is it's got to be just the run game in general. I mean, that's my favorite thing. Uh, you know, I thought Singletary looked the part of of an RB1. Zach Moss, had, like I said, had three touchdowns, but only two of them were counted. Um, even Duke Johnson looked good. So maybe it's just the offensive line. Man, the Bills, if the Bills' offensive line is this deep, I mean, I, I mentioned last week the Bills' defense is deep. Because you could see that to, uh, against the Broncos as well, the Bills' running back group and run game and and offensive line blocking for the for the run game is this good? I mean, we the Bills could be a, this could be a really good season for the Buffalo Bills. And mind you, I'm kind of thinking it will be better than it has been. So, what happens if Josh Allen doesn't have the same stats as last year passing the ball? I mean, does anyone really care? I mean, do you care if Josh Allen, instead of throwing for, what was it, 38 touchdowns last year, he throws for 35 this year, but, you know, the Bills go up in ranking and run rank the ball. You, I mean, any time that you can use Josh Allen but not have him have to throw the ball, I think the Bills should try to. And I think that that's obvious, but uh, I think this could be the first season where he actually doesn't have to win with his arm, which would be a feat unto itself. I'm also going to give a special shout out to, besides, you know, the run game and Raheem Blackshear, by the way, Raheem Blackshear looks really good as a practice squad uh, running back stash if they can do it. Um, I mean, I got to give a shout out to Khalil Shakir. Uh, like I mentioned last week, everyone thought that the, that he might have been the steal of the draft in the fifth round. The Bills love the pick. Everyone seemed to love the pick. It's not until you see him really, truly, I mean, we saw clips of him in, in, tra- in uh, training camp. It's just different 
when you're watching him in preseason, in, in live action. Um, I mean, there's just a whole lot to really like about the kid. And I think it just speaks to the way that Brandon Bean has been drafting wide receivers. I, I mean, maybe he's just that good at it. But Khalil Shakir looks really good. I'm really excited that he's on the Buffalo Bills offense. I'm excited to see what he can do because most of his work has been with Case Keenum. Imagine um, if Josh Allen gets his hands on him, man. That'll be good. Be really good to see. And I'm going to give another shout-out to the Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson combination. Those guys coming back uh, after being gone for a couple of seasons. And uh, they were both making some impactful plays. Jordan Phillips had a had a tackle in the back field. Uh, he looked good at defensive tackle. Shaq Lawson had a had a pass tip, which providing some really good pressure in the first half. Um, just seeing those guys back again, and the way that they pump up the crowd and their team. I mean, they may only be um, on the second string uh, for both for the defensive and defensive tackle, but. Uh, they just bring something that I feel has kind of been missing from this team since they left. Uh, and they just have a way of pumping up the team and just, I don't know, that swagger, that attitude. Um, I love it. I love it. It's good to see it. Now we're going to go into Wall of Shame. 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 In the Bills-Broncos game. There's not really a whole lot to say for this. Uh, everyone pretty much picked it up. There weren't a whole lot of a lot of uh, negatives to this win, except for maybe the penalties. The penalties were an issue again. Uh, and, you know, one of the penalties was somebody fell into Dane Jackson, just tripped on themselves and fell into him. And then the ref called a pass interference on Dane Jackson. And I thought to myself, like, that was that was a little BS. But as always, you know, the refs are in regular season form. So that is not, why should that surprise any of us? Like making terrible calls. I would like to say that they're just, you know, knocking off the preseason rust, but this is what they do, you know? <laughs> so, uh, that was disappointing the, the penalties, but otherwise like a pretty good game. I got to be honest. So this is where I go to Twitter. So if you're not following us, please do at CTW pod, like circling the wagons pod. Um, after every game, I say who or what is on your wall of fame and wall of shame in today's win or loss. So Buffalo Ceilings writes in, he says, wall of fame, Shaq Lawson solidified himself as a DE five Keenum proving to be one of the best backups in the NFL. Quinton Morris, solid blocking and versatility lining up at fullback on Moss's second touchdown. Yeah, good call there. Good call. Also, uh, besides Quinton Morris uh, blocking on, on the uh, on Moss's touchdown, I believe it was the first touchdown, maybe even the second one, the actual the ones that were called and counted, uh, I believe he was running behind Cody Ford each time. Uh, it's interesting to see where the Bills land on Cody Ford because if he's starting to show some promise – I think the Bills keep him. I wasn't going to say that a week ago even. Uh, but, I mean, if he shows any signs of improvement, I think the Bills keep him. I think the Bills already want to keep him. I think Brandon Bean would love to keep a draft pick, and especially one he traded up for, especially one that he traded up for and wasn't the position he traded him for, <laughs> uh, drafted him for, and he's still, you know, not great at guard. But, uh, you know, if he if he has any promise or he's even close to – let's say a Greg Mance or whoever else is is on the, uh, you know, Bobby Hart at guard. Like, I think that they keep Cody Ford 100 times out of 100 if he's even like 80 or 90% of those guys. 
Buffalo Ceilings also writes wall of shame tackling. Denver's first drive was allowed to continue because of some poor tackling. Absolutely. Great point. And penalties. Poor tackling and penalties. And lack of pass rush, like I mentioned earlier. So all those things. Andrew Ensing writes wall of fame. Khalil Shear. Khalil Shakir Black Schmear mashup. <laughs> wall of shame penalties. Got to clean those up. Yep. I'm with you there. Training camp of Buffalo Dill writes Wall of Fame. Giles Harris for knocking that dude back into kindergarten. <laughs> that was a big hit by Joe Giles Harris. I I I kinda like him. Um I don't think he would be poached if he makes a practice squad, but dude's got <laughs> Uh, he always seems to be around the ball when he's playing linebackers. Now, mind you, he's not usually breaking up the pass or whatever, but he's one of those guys that, like, if the play's in front of him, he'll keep it in front of him, and, and he'll tackle that guy down for loss. Maybe like an upgrade over Preston Brown sort of situation at, at middle linebacker, but uh, I liked I liked what I saw from him, too. That was funny. Wall of shame, the dude Giles Harris hit that thought he was going to flash and make the team, but woke up after kindergarten nap-nap time. <laughs> That was an awesome wall of fame, wall of shame. Jason Statham writes, wall of fame. The running backs, Johnson and Blackshear, looked good. I hope we keep Blackshear. He has a step like nobody on the team. Um, I forgot to mention this. When I was on, when I was at training camp the very first day, uh, they were going over players with punt return for punt returning between Hawk and Areza, and uh, Blackshear was one of the first players to get punt return reps now we didn't see him a lot after the first couple of you know punt returns then it became you know Khalil Shakir Isaiah McKenzie uh Jameson Crowder even Tavon Austin uh but besides that you know maybe he comes in as a punt returner or something like that I don't know it would be it'd be good to see I don't know what he looks like on, on special teams um uh but I, I mean we'll have to see by the way speaking of two things I just mentioned there Tavon Austin not sure he makes the team anymore um maybe they try to Stash him on the practice squad. We'll see. Um, Isaiah Hodgins also getting some special teams reps. I believe he split special teams reps with Jay Kumro. So they're really trying deciding which, trying to decide which one they're going to keep. Again, in my opinion, I think if uh, Hodgins is 75-80% of what Kumro is, they keep him over uh, Kumro, maybe even less, <laughs> because he was a draft pick. He's on such a low, he's got such a, a a low dollar contract. Um, I think they they'd like to keep him. Plus, I think at this point, Isaiah Hodgins. I don't think he he makes it past uh, waivers if he gets uh, cut after training camp. Christy McComber writes, "Wall of Fame: Josh Allen and Gabe Davis picking up where they left off. Wall of Shame: It was so hot at the stadium. Other than that, it was perfection. Happy to spend my birthday doing what I love most." Go Bills. Well, happy birthday, Christy. I'm really glad you got to see the game. Sorry it was hot, you know. Sorry you couldn't get some cold weather, Christy. Sorry you didn't get a, a blizzard for your birthday, but uh, no, that's cool. I, I kind of wonder. I have I have two young children. I think the first game I bring them to is going to be a preseason kids' day game at the stadium. So uh, if you guys have any experience with that or whatnot, let me know how that goes. Let me know what a good age to bring them is uh, because I'm thinking not till they're eight or nine, but maybe even earlier. We'll see. Super Bowl 57 champs at Saxa Dave writes, Wall of Fame making me feel like it was the Pats playoff game again. Possession, score, rinse and repeat. Yeah, they they scored, what, five times in a row? Five touchdowns on five drives? Great play, great playing for the, the Bills offense. Some great O-line play, he writes, and running back plays. Wall of Shame, 
tackling penalties, giving the punt to the wrong mat, and knowing most of our cup players will end up on another roster. Amen. Yeah, that is that is so true. Um, a lot of them will, unfortunately. But that's that's the, the unfortunate part of uh, Brandon Bean being so good at drafting and free agency. Um, I guess the silver lining is that uh, after next season when Josh Allen's forty-plus million-dollar contract. Uh, kicks in in the cap and the Bills, you know, will have less money to spend on free agents. All these draft picks will most likely stay with the Bills from now on. It's just unfortunate and all these like, you know, really cool uh, undrafted guys, you know, that like like a black shear. Uh, they didn't really do much um, in college, but now he's just he just looks really good. I mean, the scouting department will still be there and they'll still find these diamonds in the rough. So uh, that's the silver lining, in my opinion, with that. Steve writes, UF, UCF grad one writes, Wall of Fame offensive line. Absolutely. Like, like I mentioned before, the offensive line actually looked good for most of the entire game for uh, at least, definitely run blocking and even some in the pass blocking for the second and third stringers. He also writes running back room as a whole for the Wall of Fame and Case Keenum. Wall of Shame penalties continue to hurt us after McDermott hated on it all week. <laughs> Yeah, like it's not a big deal, but it's still kind of a big deal. Gregory Dolan write, writes, uh, really, it's all about regular season, the playoffs. Offense is really good. Let's see how the D improves. They need to stop the run. Last year, not so good. They need more pressures and sacks. Last year, not great. So wait, wait, wait. Last year, good or not so good? <laughs> Anakin Skywalker is back. Love it. Anakin Skywalker says, Wall of Fame. All the quote-unquote concerns around Ken Dorsey. Guy has always been a winner. Looks great calling plays. The front seven looks deep and versatile. Hard to give hard to give a shame on a 42-15 to 15 slaying. But for me, it was DirecTV going out 10 minutes into the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way to go, DirecTV. Even Keenum, he, he had a redeeming performance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So is the DirecTV like... Is the signal not so good on the Death Star, Anakin? Is that what it is? Uh, might want to look into that. That was awesome, though. Great great Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame there from Darth. Um, AJ Tharp writes, Wall of Fame, the integrity of this team to take a moment to recognize and remember Luke Knox before the game started. I'm really glad you brought that up, AJ, because I had not brought that up um, I was I knew that I knew ahead of time that you wrote that as your Wall of Fame, so I didn't want to bring bring that up myself. Um, I really I really like that one. Um, unfortunately, um, if you didn't know this, Dawson Knox's younger brother, who was playing at the Florida International University as a linebacker there, uh, suddenly passed away. Twenty two years old. Very sad. Extremely sad. Uh, it's always sad when somebody passes away, much less someone that young and with so much of their life ahead of them. Um, we don't really know what the cause of death is, but, um, you know, I, it doesn't even matter. It's a really sad moment for a member of, uh, of the Buffalo Bill squad, you know, who, uh, who was very close with his brother. Uh, I believe there was a, an article from Matthew Fairburn a couple of seasons ago about Dawson Knox, um, talking about his brother and how important their relationship was. So, uh, you know, obviously our hearts, our thoughts, and our prayers are out to Dawson Knox. Um, even if he wasn't as good of a football player and as important to the Bills roster as he is, I would still, I think we would all wish the same. Um, the punt, hold on, let me bring that up. 
people have been making donations to the Punt Pediatric Cancer Collaborative Foundation. And um, at this point, a lot of people are doing like $16.88 donations to that. If you go to their website, uh, you know, they talk about it. Um, it's funny. There's like one-time donations and then there's, you know, like five, 10, 20, you know, 50, and then there's 1688, which is, which is awesome. And, um, at this point, uh, Bill's mafia has raised over $150,000 to punt, uh, the pediatric cancer collaborative, um, program. And, uh, it's something that the, the Knox family is close to. So, uh, I'm glad AJ, you brought this up. Um, I don't want to talk too much more about it without getting emotional. Um, we've all had loss in our family, so I'm sure we can all relate to, to some level. But uh, I, I kept thinking about Marcel Darius and when he returned from his brother getting shot and killed uh, suddenly. And I was at that game. That was a year I had season tickets. Marcel Darius um, enters a crowd all by himself at the very end. And, uh, you know, everyone was up on, on their feet cheering uh for him uh really you really felt the warmth of the fans in the stadium and um i don't know that's what i kept thinking of it was a really emotional moment for me as a fan when marcel darius came back and it was kind of like the only way we could tell him hey man like you know we really care about you we're really sorry that this happened um we're behind you 100 percent. you know whatever you decide so um i'm sure it'll be like that when dos knox comes back so um you know, like I said, thoughts, prayers, hearts, all go out to you, Dawson, and the Knox family. And I'm going to leave this with Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers with Richard W. Griswold. Wall of Fame, Aaron Cromer, Bills rushing, 27 attempts on 200 with 208 yards rushing, 7.7 yards per carry. And he's also going to give the Wall of Fame to Ken Dorsey, which I love as well. You guys know I love that. Very big so far on Ken Dorsey and Aaron Cromer. Um, man, coaching, coaching staff. I mean, it looks good so far. It's early, uh, but you got to be excited about this. So the Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers were brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, we're going to be coming at you again early early monday morning to recap the bills panthers preseason game the third and final preseason game before cuts and uh, that's going to be a fun fun game to discuss as well uh maybe i'll do a twitter spaces i didn't get a chance to do one for the last couple of games maybe i will maybe i won't uh but I'll try to. I'm going to try to do a lot more of those this season in general because I really want you guys to be able to participate and be part of the podcast as well, or at least another form of the podcast. We'll probably do, still do our own just strict recap episode, but we might also do a Twitter Spaces during the regular season as well. I haven't worked out all the details in that. Um, but we also have a uh, Pick'em League starting um, to benefit the American Cancer Society uh and uh just like we did last year um i'm gonna get the details more and more on that as we go along i'm gonna tweet out some information soon so uh just want to thank you guys all for listening thank you to the DraftKings sportsbook at delago for sponsoring this episode thank you oh yeah also check out our rt public store three words for you treat yo sell for any uh buffalo bills t-shirts coffee mugs hoodies, whatever you want. It's almost that time of year. It's almost getting a little, well, it does, 
it doesn't feel like it's getting colder right now, but it will be soon where you're going to want that hoodie. So uh, check out tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. We have about 100 designs um, on our store, and there's a ton more on the site of not just Buffalo Bills shirts, but every, anything you could ever possibly want. I just bought a uh, Bluey shirt because my kids really like Bluey, and I love Bluey on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that show on there, so I got one as the dad. I'm the dad of Bluey, so um, I got that one for myself for Father's Day uh, because I had been eyeing it for a while. So check out, again, tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Thank you guys all for listening. Signing off for me, Nate. Go Bills. Let's keep the streak alive. Let's make it to 11 games, and we'll talk to you guys again later. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>